Hello and welcome to the Future of Australia podcast. Here I interview the entrepreneurs running the fastest growing new businesses in Australia. These interviews will be around the themes of entrepreneurship, new ideas, business, innovation, capitalism and successful enterprise being the motor that will drive Australia forward. I will be telling the stories of the people who make it possible. As they grow and strive further, they will become a bigger and bigger part of Australia's future. My name is Derek Stewart, your host and the founder of the Future of Australia podcast. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. Email me at Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at futureofaustralia.com or call or text me on 0404-689-897. Welcome to episode 13 of the Future of Australia podcast. In this episode, I interview Jordan Fogarty, the founder and CEO of B Media, a digital marketing agency that grew 35% last year to do over $3.2 million in revenue. We discuss how he grew up in an entrepreneurial family and knew from a young age that he wanted to run his own business. The ups and downs of starting his own business while at university and developing the mindset and confidence needed to succeed in hard times. How a year of 400% growth was both a blessing and a curse in creating massive growing pains but also transforming his team structure and processes from top to bottom. If you are looking to grow your business to the next level with a cutting-edge digital marketing growth partner, check out bmedia.com.au. That's b-e-m-e-d-i-a.com.au. All right. Um, so I'm here with Jordan, the CEO and founder of B Media. Welcome to the podcast, Jordan. Thanks for having me. That's all right. So can you tell us a bit about what you were doing before you started B Media? What did you study and you know what types of jobs or companies were you working in beforehand? Yeah, yeah. So I started, uh, I studied law and commerce. I actually dropped out of law after two years um, and finished a commerce degree. Um, and then following that, while I was finishing my last two years at university, I uh, was working in consulting for a property um, marketing and development firm. So, um, yeah, that's essentially what I was doing prior to that. And then just before B Media, I had a startup, which was working with connecting businesses with virtual assistants. Okay. And, and so when you were studying commerce, were you always interested in the marketing side or how did you get into your first sort of marketing roles? Yeah, so I suppose I've always been really interested in business in general, so how businesses are run, how they can be run better. I've always had lots of um, beliefs and opinions about how to run better businesses um, and then kind of have always had quite a creative uh, focus, uh, a creative side of me, so essentially being in a marketing agency, uh, working to build good businesses and, and be creative and, and market them was, was a pretty good fit. So did your parents sort of have a family business or did you have your own little sort of businesses growing up on the side? Yeah, my dad was is an entrepreneur and was, you know, worked in different things from, you know, uh, healthcare businesses to lots of different types of businesses. So I suppose, and, and my uncle and different people in my family are always been in, you 
running businesses. So I suppose I got inspiration uh, through that. Okay. And at one point, were you considering sort of being a lawyer or was it just kind of you got the marks and you thought it sounded like a good initial course? Yeah, spot on. It was sort of, you know, oh, you got you got the marks, do do medicine or law. Um, so I took, you know, started studying law, then realised, hold on, I don't want to be a lawyer forever <laughs> or actually at all. <laughs> All right, and, uh, and and so you said you started with a property company, and you were sort of their marketing guy, or helping them to improve their marketing. Yeah, so they were doing a lot of traditional marketing, um, and weren't really getting the sales and results. I, I was assisting with their feasibilities and finance as well, um, and really their main problem was um, marketing their projects and properties effectively. So sort of working as a bit of a consultant on the side, um, assisting them with both the feasibilities uh, and new projects and, and actually marketing the projects, which it's not very financially successful if you don't sell anything. Mm. <laughs> and, um, and, and you mentioned you had a, your original startup. Can you talk us through that business and how did it start and, and how did it go? Sure. Well, this would have been... Uh, about five and a half years ago now um, uh, and it was called Be Done um, and essentially it was a, a business that connected business owners with virtual assistants. So virtual assistants are people anywhere around the world that uh, work from home generally, work from home um, and they work online on their computers to support uh, support anyone that, that needs admin assistance or support or marketing and what, why I suppose Be Done essentially turned into B Media was all the clients I got wanted help with marketing and most importantly, they just needed more sales and they wanted help with digital marketing. How do we market our business online? Because uh, we tried to do it ourselves and it didn't work. So that's, that's I suppose, how we really morphed and transitioned into B Media. So originally it was sort of, like you said, a virtual assistant for anything from admin to bookkeeping to marketing, but you just saw such a strong demand for the marketing services, you decided to specialise in that. Spot on, yeah, exactly. Okay, nice. And um, So you went from working for this other property company, but in the back of your mind, did you always know you were going to run your own sort of business? Definitely. So this was really just a stepping stone while I was still at university. I, the last couple of years of university, I was like, I need more stimulation. I want to be doing more. I want to be out there. You know, I, I don't want to be sitting behind textbooks. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely always wanted to start my own business. It was just the right timing, really, and jumping out on a ledge and doing it. So I was doing the consulting and starting Be Done and studying at the same time. So it sort of... Um, was quite good because it wasn't too high pressure because um, I was still had uni to fall back on. Uh, so I could do that on the side mm-hmm. and not have as much pressure on everyone going, this, this better not fail. <laughs> and so like you said, you grew up in a family environment that was very entrepreneurial. You were interested in business. You're doing these little consulting things. But once you actually started your first proper business, what was that first 12 months like? Uh, pretty crazy. Um, and I was sharing this with some friend recently that's just at the start of that journey you know it was really stressful you know pretty anxious a lot of the time about you know where do I spend my time and energy what's the best bang for my buck is this going to work oh am I doing the right thing why didn't I just be a lawyer 
you know, it's that was the first, but it was a crazy, thrilling, fun ride. And then it's almost like the winds are just so massive highs, but the, you know, then you doubt yourself and something doesn't go right or as planned or as fast as you think. So, it, you know, I miss those times often because it was just so wild and crazy and unexpected as you start to get a more slightly more mature business it's you know it still has the same risks and and, and changes but it, it's probably not as thrilling and adrenaline pumping mm. and, and so how long was the overlap was it like your last year or two years of university and you were sort of starting up these businesses yeah it was essentially the last 18 months of university okay and, and then as soon as you graduated you were just full-time on the business yeah Okay, and at any point, sort of, you know, once you, you, you the university's gone, so you can't call yourself a student anymore, and you're really on the business, and like you said, it's these crazy, hectic roller coaster ups and downs. Did you ever sort of think of stopping or or falling back on a sort of a, a job instead of a business? I suppose I've been lucky because I, you know, kind of, I've always had the belief: don't worry, it's going to work eventually. Just keep going. But you know, always, everyone's got that you know, voice in their head that you just got to keep quiet that, oh, this might not be the right thing. What are you doing? Everyone's going to think you're you're a joke and you're a failure and, you know, going on. So, yeah, of course, those, those thoughts crept in. Um, I just tried to stay really fit and really focused and organised um, to, to, to keep myself in a good headspace, really. Yeah, and did you have any peers that were sort of helping on your business or other people starting companies or were most going to traditional sort of graduate jobs? Most were going into traditional graduate jobs. Yeah, definitely. So um, it did definitely, the first 12 months were very lonely. Um, and I think that's really the journey of any entrepreneur. It, it, it can look quite sexy and, and, you know, good from the outside, but it, it's a, it's also can be quite a lonely journey because um, you've really, the, you know, you've only really, got yourself that's always fully believing in you <laughs> so you've kind of got to develop a good relationship with yourself yeah and you don't have all that the support that the grads in sort of large companies have where there's a whole ecosystem and a multi-year program often to sort of get them into the workforce and ramped up and support systems and all that you're really sort of out on your own if you're self-employed absolutely you sort of don't really have any safety nets you've just got you know Oh, jump onto Google or try and research or, or and it's just hustle. It's just hustle, 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 hustle um, and more hustle. <laughs> and so you had a lot of confidence, you had a lot of enthusiasm, you were committed but did you find any reluctance? So your, your clients were all business owners and people looking to grow their business. Uh, given that you were quite young and you were a fresh graduate, did that ever come up as an obstacle? Well, I think, you know, to be honest, uh, if there's one industry where having youth on your side is, is really advantageous, it actually is in the sort of tech, digital, online space. So mm. uh, luckily I'd look a little bit older than I am. So um, I look a tiny bit older, but uh, I, I really think that that can be totally overcome by having a true sense of confidence. So not that fake confidence, which you know, can be arrogant, but just really believing that, you know, and having that integrity in, in what you can do for somebody. So uh, I, I tried not to let that be a limiting belief of mine where I'd be like, oh, I'm too young to, to, to be able to do as good as the older people. So I, I think I was quite fortunate to not let that um, bring me down. 
Mm. And, and were you basically self-taught in digital marketing just as an interest? You would read about it online, you would try different things. Where did you sort of build up your skills from? Yeah, definitely. Realistically, I think everyone's self-taught in digital marketing. Uh, you can surround yourself with people that know things and show you tips and tricks and hacks and things here and there, but it's it's really like anything. You've just got to put in the hours. You've got to test, try, measure, study, read about it, uh, and you sort of just learn on the fly, and it's a mixture of experience and time and seeing the results uh, sort of you know unfold. Yeah, and, and so you've been doing this for a couple of years, and then last year you made the Fin Review Fast Starters. So you grew thirty-five percent and increased your annual revenue to over three million a year. So what was but the driving force behind that growth? And then sort of what happened in that year when you had that big growth spurt? Yeah, well, really, I mean, the year before that was actually, you know, a couple of hundred percent. So um, I think <laughs> it was a 35% growth over three years. So um, it was it was a bit of a crazy time. Uh, we've been going for four and a half years now. Um, what drove that? I, I think we, you know, I started the business because I really saw such a massive gap in the market in, in, in a marketing agency, in a digital agency particularly, that really understood business and business results rather than cost per click, you know, CTR and all this jargon and nonsense, which really, you know, is, is you know, beside the point in terms of, you know, trying to achieve key business results. So, um, I, yeah, that, that essentially, um, you know, enabled us to, to, um, to find cut through. And once we started to get that cut through in the marketplace and we were getting success with one, two, three, four, 50, 100, you know, clients, mm -hmm. it started to really scale quite quickly um, because we, we, you know, started to build quite a good reputation and brand. And did you have a niche, sort of a certain industry or size of business that you sort of found a lot of business with or, or was it quite diverse? It was really quite diverse, I suppose. You know, we did have certain core industries that we um, did get more and more and more clients in. So across lots of different healthcare businesses, so across cosmetic, dentistry, all these different types of health type businesses, financial services, professional services, um, quite a few different segments. Um, we, we, we sort of built good teams in and we're, we're, we're getting good results for. So, um, yeah, we're quite, quite diverse really in our client base. And what about sort of on the service delivery side? Because there's a lot of, I think, marketing companies but other boutique B2B service providers that can really deliver an excellent um, service when they're small and hands-on, but when they quickly grow, that's when all the, the growing pains and the scalability challenges come in. So, from a, so you've got all these clients, they're doing well, people are um, you know, knocking on your door, so to speak, but then you've got to fulfil this increased level of demand and staff it and you know, still maintain the same quality. How was that experience in the growth period? <laughs> Yeah, uh, definitely can relate. I think, um, you know, we had this crazy growth. We nearly doubled the client base in in uh, about, I think it was sort of nine months. Um, and we hit some major, major, major growing pains uh, first half of last year. So we had a, you know, um, we didn't have, a, you know, a correct team structure for the site, for, for the size we were growing. Um, we, you know, you... Even your recruitment through to the type of people that you need in a in a in a slightly larger business, it wasn't wasn't as much as that startup uh, culture. It was starting to get you know into a little bit more of a sizable business. Um, so 
oftentimes uh, the people that were on the startup journey at the very start, which is fun and thrilling and a bit sort of mayhem, they might not align as much with a more, you know, um, a, a business that's really starting to find its feet and have strong systems and processes. Um, so it was a to- it was out of control, uh, challenging year last year. Um, sort of but at the end of the day had we not have had that happen and go through the growing pain to get you to a better level and we learnt a lot and now we're able to you know we're really at that that starting point of being able to quite rapidly scale now because we've got the team behind us so was it the sort of the the team in terms of like the management side and and building your management team out or is it just um the actual practitioners and uh, people who needed to fit that sort of bigger company feel. Both, you know, it was it was it was a bit of column A, a bit of column B. So, you know, maybe I'll break it down into it was the culture we mm-hmm. we needed to have a really high performance team culture, and potentially it's easier to, you know, let things slip through the cracks and not be as, um, you know, high performing when you're a smaller, a bit scrappier startup. So. Um, you know, as we got really clear on who we were, our standards to our clients, the service we were committed to delivering, you know, you can't drop your standards at all. So we had to get really rigorous with our with our management and, and how we how we you know what our standards were and we, we couldn't let ourselves drop with, with anyone. So it was also a mixture of, you know, developing out your systems and processes and then you've got to reverse engineering right back to who which type of people do we hire and recruit? How do we train them? How do we set them up for success within our business as well because at times you know during this growth phase you've got a heartbeat you've got a job at b media like any business that's mm-hmm. going through rapid growth it's sort of just like oh we just need bums on seats um so it, it was a really interesting experience to, to to go through and where did you look for guidance it's your first business you, you're just getting started you haven't worked in sort of fast growth companies yourself or uh, where did you look for, for guidance on, on this journey? So I've been lucky enough to always be reading heaps, watching, listening to different podcasts, um, you know, going to different seminars and events. Uh, probably the thing that enabled me to really get through this and thrive through this period and I suppose grow the company at such a pace to be doing this, all these different awards and things now was really investing a lot of time and energy into uh, my own personal development and being able to um, have a really strong mindset and maintain that strong mindset because learning the specific skills of how to run a campaign or learning Google AdWords or learning a professional service like law, anything like that, it's that that's it's it's not that it's not as hard, but when times get tough, that's when the mindset, your mindset uh, has to be rock solid to get you through it and learn from it. So, um, I, 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 yeah, there's a mixture of things, but just being hungry enough to keep consuming more and more and more information, eventually you find what you're looking for. Was there a particular mindset that you had to develop or one you had to let go of in order to sort of make that growth or something that looking back you realised you evolved from? Yeah, definitely. Oh, gosh, where do I start? Um, I certainly got a lot of feedback last year from everyone in my life around me. Um, <laughs> and, you know, one thing was becoming, you know, we have a saying, we call it being feedback fit. So being really open to feedback fit. So we say that 10 out of 10 feedback fit is you not only don't get offended when someone gives you feedback, but you actively ask for 
you know, more information and to learn why. So um, the mindset was being probably, you know, certainly not a know-it-all because you think you know everything is stuffed. Um, mm-hmm. So it was being really open and just open for feedback and learning and growth, I, I think, you know. So all about that fixed mindset, people that think they know everything and they can't learn much else and they're just going to do it their way versus that growth mindset of, okay, yeah, no problems, guys. Like, let's challenge me, challenge your managers, challenge the business model. Let's challenge everything to make sure that we've got a really robust delivery here and we can deliver, you know, excellence to our clients. And, and so how did you balance, because I imagine you would have been getting feedback from some of the early uh, foundational employees, like you said, who are used to the close-knit sort of family, small business culture. And as you're growing, they're sort of giving you feedback, but then perhaps you're getting other feedback from your clients or from other people that want the business to grow. How did you, being open to feedback obviously is the first step, but then how did you balance between the feedback of people who may be holding back your growth versus sort of encouraging your growth? Wow question um it was very hard uh because you've got people that have been with you early in the journey and and loyal and you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings but then you know you're having different people join and you know that that example another group that you just spoke of then so um really it was coming back and reminding myself why i started the business and that my role as founder and ceo is to always have the client clients interests at the best at the forefront and you know my job is to protect and serve our our clients and our brand and our reputation um so unfortunately you have to be a little bit tough at times and make some tough calls and be a little bit tough to 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 build a better business and 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 have you know raise your standards yeah, and what about on the, the client side? Did your mindset towards clients evolve as well? Because I imagine as you were growing, you were probably taking on bigger and more complex projects versus when you were smaller, perhaps more piecemeal, ad hoc sort of work. Yeah, definitely. You know, it was sort of, I remember getting to a period probably about a year, year and a half ago where prior to that, and this is being very raw, which I'm sure you want me to be, um, it was you hold on to anyone and keep keep any dollars from any client, just desperate, almost a bit of desperation as a small mm. business and, and, and a startup is just, you know, and, and that's also comes from building and developing enough confidence to go, hey, we're, we're good enough to turn away that client if they're going to behave or act like that. So, yeah, we definitely did have to get more. We're really committed to having that win-win partnership, not not be kicked just because we're a supplier and we're paid by someone doesn't mean that they can behave or treat, uh, you know, a company or a team however that, however the, they, they want. So we probably did have to get more... more um, confident and uh, secure in our position as professionals and experts that are here to grow businesses if they want to grow and if they want to work with us collaboratively because it's quite hard to really kick goals for a business if they're fighting you every every step of the way. Yeah, so, so would you say now having done this personal development on your own mindset, you're more selective in hiring and also when you're taking on clients in sort of their mindset and not just their maybe their skills or again the client the size of the project but looking at the mindset of both sides? Absolutely, you know, and it's absolutely critical and I think that's 
you know, comes down. I, I probably didn't understand the importance of culture. And you hear a lot about culture, 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 culture. And I did as well. I was like, no, that's not as important. But just how critical, um, you know, the culture is your identity and who you are. And that, that of course, determines the type of people you're going to let join the team. It, it of course, then has an impact on the type of clients you're going to let come in the front door, but also the clients that you're going to let hang out, you know, as a, as a, as a partner of the company uh, or, or make a decision to, to let them go because they're, they're just not aligned with our values and, and um, direction. Are there, so you mentioned, obviously, the being open to feedback. Um, are there another one or two sort of mindset on a, that you screen for when you're hiring people? It's really... Um, how do I say this? It is a bit of toughness. Mm-hmm. So experience, or you know, sort of a proven track record of being able to uh, overcome challenge in anything, whether it's, you know, gosh, it could be from sport to family to, to, to any type of area, to business, to, to so many different areas, study, you know, an ability to, to sort of break through. So be challenged and so much that, you know, you can break through and from breaking through huge challenges, people then have this confidence that, you know, throw any problem at me and I'll be able to handle it. So probably that, you know, capacity to handle challenge is one. And then, you know, another key one of, of things that we look for is people that just uh, uh, have that learning mentality. They just want to learn, 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 grow, push themselves. We have a saying, you know, and this you'll see I'm quite quite direct, but, you know, if 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 you want to just – when you join B Media, we can either treat you like you just, you know, not put pressure and not have any standard or expectations and you're going to wake up in three years' time and not have grown and be no different or – it's our responsibility to push you and and help you get to the next level of your career and where you want to go. So um, it's probably, yeah, as I said, that that real openness and learning learning sort of mindset uh, and the challenge mindset. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And and what about on the client side? What are the sort of mindset? I imagine a similar focus on wanting to grow, being open-minded, being willing to receive feedback maybe on their existing marketing. Are there other sort of client set, a client mindset uh, sort of must-haves that you look for? Well, you know, you've got to be, too, got to be careful with getting too specific <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, we've got, we've got to also have that openness um, for different types. We don't want to get, and we've, you know, being quite thoughtful in this, we don't want to get too nitty-gritty. You must fit all these rules and all these things or you can't work for us or you can't because then we might end up with groupthink where everyone's mm. the same. Um, so, you know, the things that you just mentioned then about the type of clients, like they've got to want to grow. They've got to want to, you know, and they've got to want to have some fun and, and you know, push themselves as well. It's really hard to go to put all our energy and passion into a client if they're, you know, don't return calls and always too busy and, you know, don't really want to even attend meetings to talk about the direction of their business. That's, it's, that's quite challenging, as mm. I'm sure you can imagine. Yeah, and so stepping back a bit, so there's a lot of B2B service firms in the FinReview Fast Starters, probably about 40 or 50, um, even you know, a dozen or more digital agencies, but I noticed you're one of the only ones, there's only three companies out of the whole 100 that are based in Western Australia, um, you know, which obviously different size populations and economies, but 
Um, so you're headquartered in Perth, I understand. And what are the sort of pros and cons of, of being on the, the other side of Australia compared to the East Coast where a lot of the, the fast-growing businesses are located? Yeah, I didn't actually even know that fact until you just stated it then about only three in, in WA. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, we've got an office in Sydney. I'm in Sydney at the moment. Uh, but starting in Perth, I think Perth, I always was told and kind of quite known now if you can really make a fast growth company in Perth, you can make a fast growth company anywhere <laughs> because <laughs> Perth generally is a culture if you want to try and encompass a whole state into a culture, which isn't really uh, possible, but generally maybe is not as fast growth, fast thinking, hardcore. I really believe that Perth is, but if we have to compare to maybe a, a city like Sydney, which is extremely fast paced, just doesn't muck around, um, then, you know, Perth, uh, hopefully through being able to grow a fast growth company in Perth, it's going to set us up quite well for um, our current expansion that's going on in Sydney, our future expansion that we're starting in Melbourne. So uh, I hopefully see it as a, as a positive Yes, so the only limitation you'd say is sort of, again, maybe people aren't as used to the fast growth companies or they're more used to very large corporate and um, large companies rather than sort of new and uh, smaller and growing companies perhaps? Yeah, and, you know, probably less exposed to as many technological advancements. Of course, technology is all these days very accessible by, by anyone, but maybe just uh, there's not as many companies trying to be as cutting edge in, in Perth as there might be, say, as a peer in Sydney. Mm. And, and so you work with a lot of different businesses, obviously, because your clients are all entrepreneurial businesses and businesses that are growing. Um, what trends do you see in Australian sort of entrepreneurship at the moment? You know, what are we doing well and maybe where are we still sort of lagging globally? Yeah, good question. I think... I think we're doing a really good job the last few years um, in terms of becoming more collaborative and willing to work together and help each other. I think the US has always been just exceptional globally on willing to help each other and collaborate. Uh, I think we might have been quite behind five or ten years ago, certainly behind the US, but even even you know a number of other major um, countries. Um, so I think we've got a lot better than that. I mean, I'm, I'm even visiting some businesses right now in a co-working space. Uh, so there's great co-working uh, collaborative environments popping up in all cities across Australia. Uh, I think an area where we're weak in and lacking um, is in our funding and finance opportunities. Uh, yeah, so I think an area where we're weak in is uh, financing and funding for all these great opportunities. Uh, I think, you know, it, it's a twofold mixture. I think it's, it's the government and business in general as, as two communities need to really take startup and, you know, innovation more seriously. There's definitely programs and pushes going on. I hope they're more than just a, just lip service uh, because there are some countries, you know, Switzerland, a, a number of others that are just doing some extremely incredible things to support their startup ecosystems. So I think from the finance and funding perspective, which is a pretty critical part of uh, the entrepreneurship uh, sort of realm, I think that's an area we've, we've got work to do for sure. Yeah. And, and so looking back, um, again, you've, you've started the business fairly recently and you it wasn't too long ago that you were sort of 18 or 20 probably in figuring out what you wanted to do. But maybe what advice would you give 
sort of someone who's 18 or 20 years old now and maybe they're studying or, or thinking what to study but they're interested in business and marketing, what advice would you give them? Um, it's probably two-part, you know. Uh, first bit of advice if I was, you know, speaking to someone like you just mentioned would be just go hard, learn, read, study, push yourself out of your comfort zone. So just exactly that, just consume, just be really hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh and the second part would be, you know, it's never as bad as you think it might be. So when something happens or a challenge or, or something sets you back, it's really never as bad it never is as bad as you think it might be at the time. It always works out. And the funny thing is oftentimes the biggest challenges or disasters are actually, you know, exactly what needed to happen at that time to get you you know, down the right path that, that, that you'll find yourself on. Is there a specific sort of memory that jumps to mind most for that, where you sort of had some big thing that seemed like a disaster and then it ended up putting you on the right path? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think it would, like I mentioned earlier, you know, we went through, we were, went through a major restructure of our business uh, mid-last year uh, through all this growth and it was just a complete restructure of the whole business of who did what what type of people we needed how much training and skills and expertise they needed so that came about through really you know some major changes and unforeseen circumstances of such rapid growth Mm -hmm. Uh, and it set us up you know uh to that award you just mentioned earlier we've just been listed in the top 100 most innovative companies in australia um, which is an open category to all size businesses so which is an enormous honor um because you know uh competing against commonwealth bank and and businesses of that size uh (laughs) we're the little fish that's for sure yeah, and so what does the next, say, five or ten years look like for B Media? Like, what are your longer-term goals and vision for the business? You know, really, we always come back to the fact that our job is to help grow and build better businesses with our clients in partnership, uh, you know. So we want to scale and grow and impact more and more businesses. Uh, so the next five or ten years, definitely... Um, Asia Pacific expansion, where we're already getting more clients in the in the sort of uh, Singapore and uh, those type of countries. Um, so it's really looking the next five years nailing down our national expansion uh, into uh, Perth, Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane, um, and then you know broadening out into that Asia Pacific region. Uh, most importantly, though, you know, <laughs> number one over the next five or ten years is building just a really awesome team um, and having people, you know, my biggest vision is having people join us and they wake up in three years' time and go, holy, you know, wow, I've learned and grown and developed so much. I'm so glad that I've, you know, joined B-Media. That's my really core core focus. Mm. And and sort of, so that's sort of the five-year plan, the sort of the APAC in, in 10 years. Is it a vision to have a global presence like Europe and North America? Yeah, I think definitely, you know, these days it's almost impossible to think 10 years out. <laughs> it's actually potentially hard to even think a year out uh, in, this, in this, you know, crazy, crazy modern world we live in. Um, but definitely in 10 years, I could say um, we, we've got plans to, to have offices in uh, sort of northern Europe uh, and, and the US. So, um, yeah, we've, we've got a lot ahead of us, that's for sure. 
Yeah, and is the vision at the moment, like we said, it's hard to, to think too far away, but is the vision to stay as a marketing services firm or would there be any possible pivots towards like marketing software or, or some other business model or product offering? Well, already we've got a product development team um, that is working on some really awesome software as a service. Uh, so it's, we haven't released anything yet, but mm-hmm. um, through to we're developing our own chatbots, uh, which you'll see more and more of over the next year, on whether it's on Facebook or on websites, so really personalised chatbots. Uh, and then we're looking, we're developing our own marketing automation uh, sort of software for, for businesses. So, yeah, we definitely will develop into a, a mixture of a marketing service firm and a marketing software uh, firm because they're just, you know, of course, the two intertwine so perfectly. So that was a, was that a vision from early on or, again, just an evolution where you created tools for, sort of for your clients and then started also with the idea to offer it to other people? It was early, yeah, it was from early on. So it's been, you know, something that's been on the on the list, a very big list, for the last <laughs> at least three years. Uh, so it's been really quite exciting to be able to build out that product development team and have have the, the capital available for this product development team to start start getting to work and you know, building awesome tools that can solve our customers' problems because the more, of course, the more clients we get in the more different cities, the more we see that they all have very similar challenges. Mm. All right, so, so I think we've covered quite a few different diverse and interesting areas, but are there any final thoughts or comments you'd like to leave the listeners with? No, I think we, I think we covered quite a lot, uh, really. I just think, um, you know, go hard, be hungry, and you'll eventually get there is, is all I can share from my experience. Excellent. Thank you so much, Jordan, for coming on the show. Thank you for listening. I would really appreciate if you subscribe to the podcast. Better yet, tell a friend who you think may enjoy it. Feedback, comments, likes or dislikes, you can reach me at Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at futureofaustralia.com or call or text me on 0404 689 897. Thank you.